Good morning and welcome to episode 102 of the Quickie Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and today's episode is for you hungry designers. Hold tight, you'll get it in a second. Hold on. Before I introduce today's guest, I just wanted to let you know that um, I put a little something together for you graphic designers who are learning about print and print design, or you know maybe you've already done some uh, print design, but my background is in print, and I work with a lot of designers to help shape and create amazing print experiences. So to help designers save time and possibly save money going back and forth with a printer during the proofing process or something like that, or save time from you know a tight deadline project having to come back to you for corrections, I created a quick reference guide on uh, the top things to double check before sending your file in for print. This guide covers sort of the most common things that are missed, even by experienced designers who have done print before when they send their files in. Just some of the common things that sometimes get overlooked. So head over to thequickiepodcast.com and you can pick that guide up there. So today's guest is Jake Meyer. He is the creative director and owner for a studio called I Will Design for Food. You get it now? You see the tie-in, you hungry designers? Jake tells us about where the studio name came from, how he thought of that. He talks about the moment that his design fire was lit and a poster design project that he did in school that he was able to sell. Other people in his school wanted to buy it off of him. It was so good. Awesome moment for a young designer for sure. We talk about a couple of great educational resources for designers that are out there online. And we also talk about a story about handling clients with terrible creative input, awful feedback. You know the client, the one that phones you up and says, you know, I like what you did with the type there or that thing over there, you know, the thing. But did you try Comic Sans or Papyrus maybe, something like that? Um, Would that work better? Yeah, that one, that client. We also talk about DJ Tiesto and uh, Seedus. Yeah, it was a good one. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest, Jake Meyer. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Hey, Jake, how are you doing today? Good, good. How are you doing? Great. Thank you so much for being on the show, man. It's great to have you. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome being here. Cool. Well, are you ready for a quickie? I am. I am always. Awesome. Well, I'll briefly tell the listeners about yourself. Uh, my name is Jake Meyer. I am the creative director and owner of a branding studio called I Will Design for Food. Uh, we've been in business for roughly 13 years, um, and we specialize in food and beverage, lifestyle, and kind of like anything water sports. Water sports. Now you got my ears yeah. perked, man. I'm a big sea dew fan. Oh, nice, nice. I uh, have not done any sea sea dew work, but uh, I would be open to it. I've done a lot of paddleboard stuff and, cool. and surf stuff. Yeah, so. my wife's big into that. Love that stuff. 
So yeah. it's kind of like um, maybe a shout out to Sea-Doo. You know, if you guys are looking for a real solid studio to do some work yeah. for you. <laughs> we're, we're here for you. Awesome. Um, so I have to ask, I will design for food. How did that come about, the name? Um, well, number one, I'm always been really into food I'm from Toronto and there's, you know, people from all over the world and you just can get a taste of anything that, uh, you know, from anywhere. But, um, I was really trying to just, you know, it was kind of when websites started maybe 2007 when kind of, you know, websites started becoming a bigger deal. And I wanted just to, to have a memorable domain name. That's mm-hmm. really all it was about. And, um, and then, and I was going to, you know, call my business something else. And then I just was like, well, that after I bought the domain name, I may, might as well just call it that. And I'll do this for a while and see if it sticks. And 13 years later, it, it stuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So is it just you as freelance under I Will Design for Food or do you have a team under you as well? Um, I have a team now. So it started off with just me. Mm-hmm. And then um, as as everything's evolved over the years, I have a lot of uh, freelancers that work for me, a lot of contract people. I have, um, you know, one full-time guy, and um, and we just kind of sub out work when, when we need it. So we and everybody kind of wears a different hat. Got it. Right on. Yeah. And before you started, I will design for food, and you were freelancing under that. Did you design for any other studios, or were you doing design then? Yeah, I I worked for two small. Um, studios uh when i was living in florida Mm -hmm. and um uh yeah and it was it was a great experience taught taught me a lot um and then um and then just kind of fell into doing my own thing (laughs) definitely so i want to go back even further than that and ask you about your childhood and what that was like do you feel that you had a creative childhood that led you in this career path yes yeah i was exposed very early on my uh, my mom is an artist and then she was actually a graphic designer for a few years mm-hmm. so i grew up like playing with like letra sets and uh, like the geometric rulers and all that stuff i just thought it was like fun and i didn't really you know i just thought everybody you know had a similar experience like oh he's just laying around and then <laughs> uh, my dad he was a uh, he's always been a manufacturer and he and he manufactured uh, most of my life um, skim boards and surfboards. So I was exposed to, you know, painting surfboards and logos for surfboards. So I, I, um, yeah, I've just been around it forever. Very cool. So you definitely were surrounded by it at a young age. Then that pointed you in this direction. Yeah. Um, so take us back to when you first started to notice design out in the world. What did you first start to see? Um, well, of course, I you know what I just mentioned. I mm-hmm. I noticed all the things that my parents exposed to, exposed me to. But what really kind of like the I guess what really clicked when I decided I was like oh going to become a designer or really you know really got on my radar was uh, when I went to school in Florida. Um, you know, I didn't ri- originally want to be a designer. I didn't really think it was even that big of an option you know I just was like I don't know how much money you can make and mm-hmm. kind of was trying to follow my dad's footsteps of like more like business side you know and um and I ended up not liking it so I was kind of like stuck in between majors and I wasn't sure what I was going to do and so I just decided to take some 
some art classes. And again, because I've always enjoyed art, so I took some art classes. And one day I passed by this room with all those, um, you know, remember the iMac um, computers, which were, were all different colors, you know, the oh, candy yeah, apple. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I saw that, oh man, those are really cool computers. And I'm like, is that where they do like logos and stuff? And somebody I was with said, yeah, yeah, that's what, that's graphic design. And so immediately I signed up for it. The next semester, um, I had my first, cl- first, uh, class and it was from, I'd always describe it as it was like the first time getting laid for me. <laughs> it was like, okay, yes, I love this and I want to do more of it, please. So, awesome. and I've been kind of like obsessed ever since. Oh, that's so cool. So that definitely lit the fire for you. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Is there is there any design or poster or illustration or anything around that time that sticks out to you as maybe the most influential of your life so far? Um, I, I wish I remember the name, but I went to Art Basel um, when I was in school, and uh, and there was this one artist that kind of did – it was, you know, again, it was right when kind of internet was becoming bigger and, uh, and somebody did like a, a pixelated painting mm-hmm. and I, and I thought of how cool it was. So I ended up doing like an, we had a visiting artist series poster that we all competed for in our, in my design program. And we ended up, I ended up doing some pixelated thing that I kind of, you know, got influenced from, from that. And, um, and it was, people loved it. I got, I ended up, getting picked for the the poster out of everybody in the class. And then people were stealing the posters. And uh, (laughs) I always thought it was like the biggest compliment ever. (laughs) Like, Oh wow. They actually want them. So, um, so yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. Definitely. No, that's a great one, man. That stands out because that's, that's memorable, extremely memorable. Yeah. And it, I guess just like reaffirmed you that this is legit. Like we could, I could do this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It definitely was. Yeah. Ignited it even more. Very cool. Um, so, Jake, are there any other designers or brands that you look up to or closely follow, and what is it about them that you like? Um, yeah, I have a designer and brand that I that I lo- that I really follow a lot. Um, the designer that I really like right now, uh, his name is uh, Jay Fletcher. He's mm-hmm. a designer out of um, Charleston, South Carolina, and. Uh, he does like amazing illustration work. He uses a lot of like geometric shapes and he does a lot of custom type and it's just always beautiful, always unexpected. Um, and, uh, he's just, just amazing, amazing work. I kind of like, you know, uh, I'm in awe of him. Um, and then as for brand, uh, I briefly lived in Australia and I was introduced to a, a, um, a brand called, uh, Deus Ex Machina, or a lot of people call it Deuce. Um, and they're pretty popular now, but back mm-hmm. in 2008 when I was there, they were just starting off. They were just Australian. Now they're like worldwide. Um, but they're a surf and motorcycle and lifestyle brand. And they were just doing such like very cool work. You know, they were doing that real illustration kind of rough style and really doing really interesting things with typography and, mm-hmm. and really creating a brand like artistic and and lifestyle and kind of sports brand in a very different way um, that I'd never seen before. So I, you know, and I still am pretty obsessed with what they're doing and they're super successful. That's so awesome. The next couple of questions that I have for you um, are about print and your experience with print. Um, Because in this digital world that we live in, you know, I, I live it and breathe 
how print is being utilized still and how it's evolving with this world. And being a talented guy in a great studio in the spot you're in, um, I want to hear about your experience with print and packaging and where you see it being used right now. Um, well, my my history with print is that I started um, while you know when print was still very, very, very relevant. I mean, it's still relevant now, but it was like one of the only vehicles. It was before. like the thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I grew up, you know, with a million different, you know paper sample books i would have you know tons of shelves just filled up with paper samples and mm -hmm. and you know pms books and whatever so i always enjoyed that you know and it's definitely like a different process because you know it's all about how it translates from your screen onto paper and it and there's always some kind of disconnect or always something that doesn't translate mm -hmm. um the same so that that's kind of like the basis of all my design was that and then i had to transition into digital more um, so, but as for where it's going now, I mean, it's not as, as big as it was before, but, you know, I think people still really like have being tact, having tactile things and, you know, and there's always like, a, I think an innate appreciation of, you know, having a really nice piece of pa textured paper or cotton, you know, texture with, with, you know, some whatever beautiful PMS color or foil or, you know, or something and you know just seeing it in in your hands is, is a different feeling than seeing it on a screen so um, so do you think there's like I don't know is there is there a higher level of trust or a better approachability for it being introduced to a brand through a printed medium versus a digital medium um I don't know if I would put it that way but I just think it's uh you know it's just it just it applies to different things, you know. Um, you know, because you have so many brands that are just digital, and you have brands that are, that cross over um, to print as well as you know, as well as digital. So I don't know. I don't, again, I don't know if I answered your question, <laughs> but uh, well, do you feel that there has been, or, or have you come across any recent examples where print and digital have been used in tandem, and how that was executed? Yeah, I mean, I do it every year. So one of my biggest clients is a stand-up paddleboard client called Yola Board, and we not only you know design the boards, but you know, but we manufacture them, and then they're uh, and then they're shipped from the factory to us, and so we, and then we have to sell them online and sell them, you know, because not everybody can see them in person. So we have to make sure that it kind of accurately depicts what it you know, looks like in person and on screen. And honestly, a lot of times it looks a lot better in person than it does on screen. Mm -hmm. Um, because you know, it's just, they're glossy and they're beautiful and they have depth and the colors are, you know, shining and, and, uh, and to get that, that kind of real life feel on, you know, on a screen is, uh, is difficult. It's like a challenge to, to represent that product, you know, in, in an accurate way. I think online. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I can see the challenges of, you know, trying to get across the, the level of depth and the, you know, quality assembly. It's a difficult, I guess, to get that across online. Um, For sure. And one recent example that kind of relates similar to that um, 
would be a product that would be, or an example of that, sorry, where that could be used in the print medium is using quality binding, quality paper, and, you know, doing a high gloss on the board itself, because you have this quality feel of a printed piece. You have this visual of, you know, a high gloss, high contrast, bright uh, product. And then when it Mm -hmm. arrives, it really matches that. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Very cool. Um, the next couple of questions I have for you now, Jake, take you down part of your career where you maybe made some mistakes, maybe learned some lessons, and I want to pull those stories out for the listeners. Okay. Um, what has been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? Um, I, I think one of the challenging ones was, was making that transition from like an agency to, you know, freelance um gig because you know it's the obvious reasons the uh you know it's scary because you know you're comfortable you have security uh you know you're working with the team and then all of a sudden to 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 leave is you know it's a it's a scary jump i wasn't i actually left my the the last agency i was at just because you know it wasn't a good fit after a while um but and then i was planning on you know, starting, or I was planning on getting another agency job, but then people just started calling me for work and then it just snowballed into like a full, you know, freelance career. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it was kind of interesting, you know, it was, I'm not, I don't have, I didn't have that like entrepreneurial spirit of like, I'm going to be my own boss and da da da. But, but then I kind of found out that I did have that, um, after I started my own business. So I was like, Oh, it's nice to not have to, have a boss telling you what to do and how to do it, and, you know, and just doing your doing it the way you believe in it and handling the project, you know, from start to finish. So that's great. Um, but yeah, it was it was really challenging though leaving that. Definitely, because like you had said, you leave that security, and then, mm-hmm. but at this point, you became just so busy before you could go find another job. That yep. it just occurred to you, oh, well, I might as well just stick it out. Yep. Exactly. And here you are 13 years later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it worked out. It worked out. <laughs> Perfect. Um, I want to now go to a specific design or project that you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result. Um, what was that like? How did that feel? Can you take us to that story? Yeah. Um, I recently uh, had uh, a client um, that just started completely taking over, um, like our design. We, uh, she just thought that they, um, they knew better and, um, and it was just, you know, it was just interesting. We were going a lot of back and forth trying to explain, you know, why we did things because now we're, we're now a branding agency. So we start off with brand strategy. So every design that we do is now based off of, you know, interviews, your demographic, who you're, you know, who you're talking to, you know, who your client is, everything. So, um, and it's, so it's coming from like a a real place and it's all Mm. shaped around that. And when the client started taking it down a different direction, it was like, no, 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 like, you know, we spent all this time and energy and money doing the strategy, you know, and we're going this direction and now you're taking it another direction. Um, so, it was really hard, you know, and in the end, it, 
actually didn't even work out. We, I, it was the second time I've ever had to fire a client ever. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was interesting. And yeah, and that, and that was, I'm like a big believer of, you know, making sure that you're working, you know, with people that, you know, that you're, that you jive with and you're on the same page as, as well as you believe in. And, you know, when you have those clients that are, are not the right fit or, or maybe they're, they have a big budget, but you're like super unhappy doing their work. I mean, I think in the end, er everything suffers. Your work suffers, the relationship suffers, you know, you're not happy, you know, and I think it's just better working with people that, you know, trust you and believe in the process and, and vice versa. Totally. It would totally feel better because you're trusted. You're in it as partners. You know, sometimes it can be awkward in those situations where you're, you know, you feel like you're just providing a service and there's exactly. no relationship or partnership involved. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a big part of working with people. Cause I mean, they're, I always see the client as they're the experts in their field, you know, so mm -hmm. they're, they're gonna, they're gonna, you know, bring you in and, and teach you, you know, things that you would never know. And you have to, you have to absorb that and soak that up. And then, you know, obviously, you know, educate yourself, you know, in, in that sector and then figure out solutions. So it's definitely a partnership. Um, and not, I don't think, I mean, I don't know if every designer maybe realizes that, that they have a, you know, that, that they're, they're actually a partner and they have the expertise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but and it's, you know, you as the designer have an understanding that they're the experts in that area. So they mm -hmm. need to help me understand that. Exactly. But also a client that understands you're the expert in this branding, in this design arena, and you will educate them on that. Yeah, exactly. And that, that was part of the issue with this uh, example that I'm talking about is there was a lack of trust on our part, you know, and, mm -hmm. and when we were parting our ways, you know, I, I, I even explained, I was like, listen, like, I don't tell you how to do your job, you know, I mean, because you're the expert in it. And it's like, in, you know, and I'm, you know, I definitely want your input and I need your input, but you need to trust that we will do our job. This is all we do, you know, mm -hmm. is, is branding and design, you know, and you just, you have to tr trust that, you know, this is what you hired us for, you know, to, to, to do this. So thinking back to that particular project, was there any red flags now looking back that stood out where you could have called it off or should have called it off earlier? Yeah. I mean, there was a few red flags, you know, but sometimes when you get caught up in like the, the, you know, the glitz and the glamour of the project that you mm -hmm. kind of ignore them. Um, but yeah, there was, there was a few, one of them was, you know, just the examples of things that they, that they liked, you know, like sometimes we, we have collaborative Pinterest boards and we'll share ideas of things they like. Cause I want, cause you have to make the client happy too. So I always have to appease them, but then also make sure it's going in the right direction for that, you know, for that brand and market. But the examples that they sent were just awful. Like they were like the worst, mm. like, <laughs> like examples, logos and, and, uh, so that was one red flag because you're just like, oh, how are you even going to like the stuff that we do if these are the kind of things that you like? Because mm -hmm. um, it's so different, you know? So, so here's, that was, some, here's some screenshots from Fiverr that I really liked. Could you do something like this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Got it. Jeez. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a question then that really wasn't listed, so I'll go a little bit off script here. But is there a 
you know, when a client is, is sending you ideas or brand feel or, you know, adding things to a shared Pinterest board, is there things that they could put up there that you immediately go, Ooh boy, red flag. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the signs are, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's almost like a, a taste level, you know I mean? We're all, you know, every graphic designer is, is an artist in their own right. And, you know, and I know there's different, um, you know, like, I guess opinions of, of what is good and what is bad, but, you know, you try to find people again, like who you, who are, who align with you. So when you see bad designs, you know, that, uh, examples, you know, um, sometimes you just, you maybe, you always have to be careful, you know, walk mm-hmm. on eggshells. Um, but maybe explain why things are not working and, and then maybe try to put some light on the examples that you, maybe you show that why they are working and, you know, and, and, and try to make them understand why things aren't working, why things aren't working. But again, you know, it's like when, when clients are, when you see those big, right, big red flags, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it would be easy to say, oh, just to get rid of them. But, you know, sometimes you just have to, you're, you're, you're in too deep that you just have to go through the process, you know? Definitely. Um, so Jake, what do you think is something you're struggling with right now in your design career? Um, right now, uh, since I've had a little girl, um, my, my wife decided to stay home for a few years. And then all of a sudden I noticed that, um, like financially what, what I was bringing in, you know, wasn't, uh, cutting it as much as I was. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so like since my daughter was born, I, I started focusing on, on how to expand my business and, and not just how, but like how I wanted it to expand, you mm-hmm. know, um, because I was kind of just plateaued for, uh, several years and I was fine being there when it was just me and my wife. But, um, but then, so now I'm, now I'm, I guess I'm struggling how to expand the business and, um, and that's like, you know, how do I want to represent myself online? Who do I want to be talking to? I, I recently decided only to, to, um, target, you know, food, uh, lifestyle and, uh, and water sports. And, um, and that was like a big, a big step for me. Plus I started finally introducing brand strategy, um, which I think is a really, really, really important tool, um, for anybody designing anything especially in branding um, because it's not just based off of what you think looks good or whatever. It's actually based off of like, you know, real substantial like ideas and, and data and, and you're targeting the actual specific people. Perfect. That, I totally get that. And you're shaping it and building it in a way that works with your desired lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. Got it. All right, I'm going to turn this bus around for you, Jake. Um, okay. Tell us about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of, the one that just makes your heart sing. Uh, I briefly m- mentioned them before, but I would say it's Yolo Board um, because cool. they started as my smallest client and they were just a kind of like a, a local you know, manufacturer mm-hmm. um, in, in lifestyle brand and and then over the last 12 years, I've built their brand to be, uh, or we've built their brand. It's not just me. Um, me and my team have built our, their brand um, to be an international brand. And so you see, you know, boards and 
in clothing and ads and photography and every single thing just all over the world. And it's pretty cool, you know, being a part of that. Very cool. That yeah. That's a great one, especially when you've been able to be a part of that process right from the beginning. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. I like it. Um, Jake, what is one design product, tool, website, or community that you just can't live without? Okay, so this is uh, probably I have a, a multi-answer question or multi-answer for this question. Um, right. So as a designer uh, side of my, my left side of my brain, mm-hmm. uh, I would say, you know, Dribbble, Pinterest, Google, Instagram. Those are like my probably four most utilized tools of nice. gaining, you know, inspiration and seeing what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as a studio business owner, I, right side of my brain, um, I recently discovered uh, The Future. Have you ever heard of them? No. Um, it is a uh, uh, online um, business resource for um, for design of, of or the business of design. Um, and they have like a ton of uh, free and paid like speaking and courses and um, and they can teach you about like just literally the business every like all the things that they never learned in you know design or art school they'll actually teach you the business side and it was always like you know how they teach you things how to present and how to how to write um, proposals and contracts and how to do your taxes I mean it's like all that stuff that you that either you never knew or you've been working for somebody else and you know you just don't know that side so very um, cool yeah that's good i'm gonna look that one up because that's really interesting yeah yeah it's great um they they have a ton of stuff on youtube that that it's that i'll just sit there and work and as long as i don't have to use my brain too much i can listen at the same time um and you just end up kind of just soaking lots of stuff up and then then you can go one step further and actually pay for some of their courses. Um, and I've done that as well. And I've learned a lot of, a lot of good stuff there too. There's also another YouTube channel that I, that I really uh, like a lot. It's called do good work. And it's the, um, owner of farm design. He's out of, uh, I think California somewhere. Mm -hmm. And, um, and he, uh, what they concentrate on is how to, uh, how to do, um, the creative process from start to finish. So they have like real case studies. Um, and then they'll show you every step of like, you know, onboarding the client and then, and then giving the project to different designers and how they treat it and why. And, and it's, it's fascinating because, you know, I've only worked for a few firms in the past and everybody kind of does it differently. And I know things evolve and you just, and it's, and the guy is just, um, it's just so open. The owner is named Aaron and he's just so open of sharing all his knowledge. And it's just like, wow, he's just giving you crazy nuggets of wisdom constantly. That's awesome. Yeah. Nuggets of wisdom. I love that. Yep. Um, so Jake, now's the time of the show for the ask it forward question. You get an opportunity to ask a question of the next guest. Um, I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can ask them anything. And I have a question for you from my last guest. Okay. So my last guest was Nick Stewart. He's only been doing sort of freelance and graphic design work for about three and a half years now. So he's fairly new to the game and in that stages that I'm sure you went through with freelance where you're taking the gut punches and you're learning the lessons and you're improving your processes and all that kind of stuff. 
Um, but he wanted to ask if you could pick any band, rapper, artist to do design for, who would that be? I don't know. Uh, maybe I, I'm like a Euro dork, so I like uh, I like Tiesto, DJ Tiesto. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So DJ Tiesto, if you hear that, I'm going to tag him when I post this episode. Um, Tiesto, you hear this? You hit uh, hit Jake up. Yes, he I'm will. Here. He will right. design for food. Yeah, you and C do. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> nice. There you go. Tag them both. <laughs> yeah, that's great, man. Um, Jake, what is the question that you would like me to ask the next guest? Uh, my question is um, kind of what we we talked a little bit about. Is like, what do you? How do you handle clients that have horrible creative input or feedback? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I love it. I'm gonna put them on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly jake man i really appreciate your time thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast today yeah yeah thank you dave appreciate it all right thank you so much for listening to today's episode guys i really appreciate your time i'm definitely tagging dj tiesto and Sidu. and if jake gets a job from one of them out of this i'm gonna feel pretty damn proud ladies and gentlemen have a wonderful day and uh i'll see you tomorrow Bye.